Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right. Just before the podcast, just in time, Jim Harbaugh decided that he's going to take the Los Angeles Chargers job. So off to the NFL, it finally happened. Before we get into, I guess, who's replacing him, what are your kind of big thoughts about, about Harbaugh leaving? I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised. That, I mean, it, it's, it's, this has been kind of dragging on the last couple of weeks, and he's been interviewing the last couple of years. That's what I was gonna, yeah, he's been interviewing the last couple of years. So, and then I just feel like, you know, there's a couple things that just kind of clinched it. Like, he won the national title, like, he, he did his job. And then just all the suspension drama, knowing he might still have to deal with the incident. Like, why does he want to deal with that? He, and he's, we've talked about it here before. Like, he just, he, he's wired, it seems like, to get that Super Bowl. Um, yeah, and like for for the for the Chargers, it's kind of cool just because he. I think he's going to a great situation for the most part. He's got a quarterback that he can with, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, a franchise quarterback, and they've kind of underachieved the last few years. Um, I mean, just because look what he did in the NFL with Alex Smith wasn't that great, and then Colin yeah, Kaepernick before like, he got there. Yeah, and so I just can only imagine what he's going to do with uh, with Herbert and the Chargers, but. But for Michigan, like, what what do you think for Michigan, Michael? What's your thought? Well, just well, first off, Michigan fans, of course, I would imagine the vast, vast majority of them have no ill will towards Harbaugh. He got them a national title. That's right. not something they have. They had one, or I guess a half, if you count a half yeah, with yeah. Nebraska, in the last like sixty years or something. So yeah, nothing. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty big. You will trade anything for for this national title and 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 he delivered he got it he finally lived up to the to the hype from when he got there um and you know it's just yeah it was the perfect time three straight wins against ohio state got the national title it it makes sense for for him to go but as far as who replaces him it's it seems pretty clear right now that it's 99.9% 99.9% going to be Sharon Moore. At least that's what uh, Brett McMurphy, that was the the quote from his source. So uh, everybody seems to be thinking it's him. I mean, we all kind of thought that that was very likely right. throughout the past few weeks when, when we were waiting on, on Harbaugh's decision. And it makes sense in that he has, I think, of course, full support from the players and AD and just everyone is seems to... to be bought in and Harbaugh himself yeah, right and of course he was uh the interim for some of the games that uh that Harbaugh was suspended for so it's things are going really well with the program you try and keep as much continuity as you can of course try and keep as few players into the portal as you can you would think uh retaining Sharon Moore would help that and help retain most of the staff though of course we don't we don't know who Harbaugh's taking yet, but yeah. Jesse Minter, of course, seems to be the the biggest piece that that could be uh, headed to Los Angeles as well. Um, so so yeah, I mean, I I get keeping him, but at the same time, it's it's not like Sharon Moore is his resume is not necessarily a home run hire for a, a program the caliber of Michigan. It's more just kind of situationally, it makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, their hands were kind of tied. Like it's so late in the game. Like yeah. by winning the national title, the 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 repercussions of that is that you miss pretty much the whole coaching cycle. And like they they just you, you kind of have to do. I agree with the doing it for the continuity. But like you know, had they 
had he left or, you know, had they not gone to the national title and this, all this stuff happened like new year's day, then they would, they might've made a different move. I don't know, but, um, their, their hands were kind of tied. No, that's a, that's a good point because I, I personally would prefer to go out and get, if there was a home run hire out there, right. That was realistic. I think I would prefer that. Like, Kalen DeBoer, of course, is going yeah, right. to Alabama. You, you could have uh, gone in on DeBoer and the timing and was different. Then, yeah, then then I I probably would have preferred DeBoer. But the situation right now, I mean, the name that gets thrown out there, I'm not sure why. We were just talking about this before the podcast. Brian Kelly, you know, if if a oh, yeah. unrealistic you know home run hire like that were available, then sure. But uh, I don't, of course, think that that's the case. Yeah, and and just from a Michigan standpoint, though, like this really hurts them because it, you know it's it's already so late in the game for for recruiting next year's class. Um, some of the transfer portal, um, obviously that we talked about the coaching cycle, and because Michigan itself, even when they won the title this past year, in the last few years of great success, it's not like their talent has been elite, elite. They've just no. developed so well. It's been like a, a culture, a program that, that was kind of led by Harbaugh. So my point of view is, you know, they're very thankful this happened after they won a national title. Like if he had left last year, the year before, been like, okay, great. You beat Ohio State, lost in the playoff. But at least now they can, you know, ride the coattails of the national title and maybe that'll help boost them. But it's going to depend on how Moore handles this. But I don't think it's crazy to think that Michigan's going to slide into like the middle of the Big Ten. Like that's what they were before Harbaugh was there. I, I just, I don't Possible. know. I, I'm yeah. They they underachieved before Harbaugh, so I guess they they could. They're obviously again. huge. I mean, they they shouldn't be, but right when you lose a, a generational coach. Yeah, I I agree that because uh, even if Harbaugh had stayed, I was expecting. I, I wasn't expecting this run to continue at the yeah. level that it's been the last three years unless they took a big jump up in recruiting which maybe they would have of course uh after after the way these last three years have gone but you just teams don't consistently recruit uh kind of what they were team talent composite 14th yeah. you're not gonna be be a top two or three team every year doing that it's it's just very unlikely so I expect them. To, I, I didn't. We weren't projecting them to be the next Georgia or Alabama or something like that. Now, without Harbaugh, that's you know, it's your expectations are are even lower than they were. So we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, I mean, this is an opportunity for, of course, Ohio State, which we will get to, to really kind of regain their. Oh, this is they love this news. <laughs> yeah, this this is this is big. So much. Oh, yeah. go ahead. Well, Penn State, I was going to throw out that oh, as yeah. well. That's but even safe. Oregon and USC coming into the conference now, there's there's a chance for Michigan to slide behind those teams. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's a trivia. I don't know if you saw this. How many active head coaches have won a national title? I have not seen this, but wow, is it going to be like, well, you got Mac Brown in there. Um, oh, okay. wow. Good. Okay. So that, that one people would have might have forgot about. Yeah, Coach O's gone. Saban's gone. You got Dabo Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got well, Kirby Smart. Okay, there you go. There you go. The easiest. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's late. I'm very tired right now. Yeah, yeah. But we okay. I got three. Um, that's it. That's it. Okay. Isn't that wow. weird? Like three coaches. Now Dabo and Kirby have two each, but, but Dabo's on the hot seat. 
Right. There's only three. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not that tired. Currently, that have a national top because obviously Saban and Harbaugh are now gone, but that's uh, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, Mac Brown is legitimately on the hot seat. So, all right. Um, all right. More coaching news. Even bigger coaching news. I would argue this one is huge. And uh, San Jose State has hired Ken Neomatalolo. Uh, you know. He had success at Navy, trailed off the last few years he was there. He has said he's not going to bring the triple option offense. He, he's looking for an offensive coordinator that's more wide open, emphasis on the pass. Um, if I'm a Spartan fan, you know, I'm I'm harping on the fact that he was able to use less talent to get the most out of him. Um, but part of that obviously could have been in relation to having that unique option yeah. offense. So we'll see how how that goes. All right, next we've got uh, Buffalo replaced Maurice Linguist with South Carolina special teams coordinator Pete Lembo. And uh, in the early 2000s, he did uh, a good job as as head coach at Lehigh and Elon. And then at Ball State, had some some good years and some bad years. Um, and it's been nine years since, since then. So I'm okay with him getting another shot. When you're in the MAC, you're not uh, getting... Super great right. candidates. So, uh, South Alabama, they promoted offensive coordinator Major Applewhite, replacing Kane Womack, Womack who's off to Alabama. You know, it's a it's a good good name hire for them. He's led really good offenses the last couple of years. They've been to bowl games. Um, uh, keeps so some continuity from those bowl squads that they've had. He developed their quarterback Carter Bradley the last couple of seasons to be pretty good. So, I. I, I don't have a problem with this this hire. All right, let's uh, let's get to some transfer portal portal news, and we'll start with Ohio State, of course, just on fire. They added Alabama safety Caleb Downs and Alabama quarterback Julian Sayan, who's basically just just like a recruit rather than a transfer. Yeah. But uh, what are your thoughts on on what Ohio State's been doing? I mean, just I mean, with Downs, you've got an instant impact player for their defense and they're just the Buckeyes are just loading up like their NIL is beyond healthy I mean yeah this yeah. is just they're committing I mean, they're making it's fun like even if Harbaugh was there they're making these huge moves like they don't they're they're playing hardball like we're gonna win the Big Ten again you know now with Harbaugh gone they're like and they even with Harbaugh there they, they might have won the Big Ten next year but they're just they're looking to be dominant again like they're not they yeah. mean business and and the quarterback room is loaded. They've got yeah, what's saying, um, Aaron Nolan in this class. They got the cup, you know, Lincoln Kinehold. There might be some Will Howard. Out. Will Howard's probably going to be the guy this year. Like, they're this is this is crazy. Yeah, they are at worst for me. I think going to be number two headed into next year uh, behind Georgia. But we'll see as we we get closer to the season and and see the way all these rosters shake out. They also added Bill O'Brien. Um, oh, yeah. to the offense which you know i know it's a polarizing move it to me it kind of just it, it reminds me of last year was it last year when uh georgia hired mike bobo and it's like it's not exciting really to me but at the same time there's so much talent there and he's experienced like he'll be fine i know at, at alabama he had a tough act to follow with steve sarkeesian but their offenses were still top five uh, in adjusted yeah, efficiency yeah. under he gets a lot so it's of, not like they were that bad he gets a lot of grief and i can't i, I saw this i i don't i haven't validated this but people like to make fun of him because he he's been at alabama with saban and 
Patriots with Belichick, and he didn't win a Super Bowl or national title at each somehow. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's, it's tough to do. It's tough yeah. to do. But uh, uh, another transfer, Iowa added Alabama tackle Caden Proctor, so that some of that Alabama exodus going to the Big Ten. Um, but this kind of makes sense. He's from Des Moines, Iowa. Kind of had that allure of going back home once once Saban left. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Arizona held on to their quarterback receiver duo, Fafita and McMillan. Apparently, their big booster was very upset with Jed Fish leaving. He said he looked yeah. him in the eye and and that he was committed to staying at Arizona. And then a week later, left for Washington. And so this booster is is pissed, and he decided to show that by you know forking out some money to to keep these guys and prevent them from going somewhere else maybe washington i don't know but uh but yeah this is this is big for arizona because it looked like things could really fall apart for them and they're still losing some guys but uh yeah these are these are the two big ones you want to keep yeah and then speaking of and by the way i i want to oh, bring this up i saw a tweet i forget from who but just talking about whether Jed Fish is going to end up regretting the move he made. Because, of course, you know he's bounced around a ton. And when you get a chance to be a head coach at a Big Ten school, you know one of the top, whatever, six jobs in the, in the Big Ten, it's, it's hard to pass it up. And so I can see, of course, why he, did, why he took it. But at the same time, he had... If he would have stayed at Arizona, now who knows? They still could have got poached in the transfer portal. But if he would have stayed at Arizona, they were set to have 18 starters coming back next year with, of course, a manageable schedule in the Big 12, a 12-team playoff. They could have had another great year, and then he'd be kind of the top candidate on the job market. And Florida, I believe his alma mater, with Billy Napier uh, on the hot seat, that could have lined up to where he could have got that job. Now, you can't. It's it's hard to to say no to a job with when you're you're hoping for dominoes so many dominoes to fall like that. But I just wonder if with this Washington roster, of course, losing so much going into next yeah. year, he's got a tough act to follow. We'll see. It's something to think about. Yeah, I I totally agree on on that one for here. But I mean, uh, if I were him, I would have taken the Washington job also. But I'm just I'm gonna be watching how it turns out. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough call. But speaking of Washington, Will Rogers, uh, we thought he actually exits the transfer portal and he's back at Washington. So um, I guess, you know, he saw what Jed Fish did with his quarterbacks and and Fish obviously has, obviously has some NFL coordinator experience. So I think Rogers is looking for that to help him groom groom him to the for the next level. Yep. And we 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 talked about uh, Alabama losing some players. They also gained some. They gained uh the center from Washington, forget his name right now, so, but that was a big addition. And then, of course, Austin Mack, the, the quarterback recruit who apparently caused, you know, maybe caused Julian Sain to to enter the portal himself because maybe Kalen DeBoer, you know, he knew what he had with Mack and, and was comfortable with it. But Yeah, and they got um, a receiver recommit, so it's not all bad news for Bama. That's right, that's right. Ryan Williams, I think his name is, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's get to our old takes exposed and you know it's uh, a little clickbait there because we're going to start out with that makes it sound like it's bad takes but we're (laughs) going to start out with the good takes we went through and listened to some of our old episodes and we got to celebrate a little bit so yeah well and before that just 
one of you know we're in the new year michael one of my 2024 goals for this podcast is to be a little bit more aggressive mm. on my takes yeah you know, looking back at my takes from last year even the last couple of years it made me think about this like everyone every once in a while i'll kind of go in on a take but usually i play it not necessarily cautious but just kind of like i'm i sit back i'm just I, f- I think i'm pretty rational about most of these things so i don't get too uh too over the top either way yeah listening to the episodes i felt the same way in that a lot of i mean i i'm just i don't spew takes to be entertaining i just i just say what i truly believe and so i i very rarely have strong conviction in something as as so uncertain as college football so yeah there's not necessarily the strongest takes but you're right if i do have a gut feeling on something i should maybe go in a little more on it so i'm I'm with you on that resolution so one that i did um feel not confident but i was just more aggressive on last year was was about texas uh i i want to we had a a couple different episodes one was a, a patreon episode where we called our shot and then one was from our august when we were doing the previews um i i was claiming that texas will be back this year I said that they're going to win in Tuscaloosa. They're going to win the Big 12 title, which gets them in position for the playoff. Now, I was a little overzealous here on Quinn Ewers. I said he'll be in New York uh, at the end of the year to pick up his Heisman. That didn't mm. happen. He got hurt a little bit, so that didn't help his cause. But either way, um, I, you know, and I also I was referring to the fact that I liked their defense improving under Kwiatkowski. They had a good D line, but um, and and along with that, you guys, you and Ryan did a yeah. YouTube previewing the Texas Alabama. Uh, I was going to bring this up there. for you. I was, oh, yeah. you were? Okay. I, well, I, just, made a po- yeah. I made a point to message Michael and bring up the fact that I wanted Texas and I want the money line. Don't even, I don't even need the seven yeah. points or whatever it was. But <laughs> That's that was rare my- where when you're not on an episode and you, you had to text, like, I want to get this take in. you got to say <laughs> this for me on my behalf. So that was, yeah, right. that that's a strong take that's for whatever reason i i wanted that one so and it worked out so texas that that reminds me of your story of uh you had a a golf take was it the oh my gosh short soul and the was that the u.s open or the masters oh the masters yeah yeah, of course probably 2012 whenever carl schwartzel won the the masters i uh i i had an inkling it was just one of those weird things i we were in a pool with my some friends and i you kind of pick each category, like a you pick from like eight guys in each quadrant or whatever. And I, I wanted Schwartzel bad, and then I made sure I bet him too. So he was like, I think he was like eighty to one or something. It was crazy. That was yeah, my, no, far, but, my best hit. But that's not even. I feel like the story is even better than that because it was kind of like the text. This one, as I remember, you told the story many years ago. Yeah, you were, I think, maybe partners in that pool with yeah, with someone else. Good. And you left a post-it note on like have, your desk. It was like in an office pool or something. I post-it still have on your desk. a picture of it. <laughs> and it says just something like, I don't care, but I want Schwartzel. It, that's that's 100% it. There was like, you know, because you pick like a bunch of guys. And I just said, I don't care who you pick. All I want is Schwartzel. <laughs> that's crazy. That is. Yeah, I still have the picture somewhere. I'll have to find dude, it. Dude, I've never seen that picture. You got to send me that I'll, picture. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, I I will not lose that one. That's my best. That's, that's like my best bet of all time. <laughs> that is the that's the craziest thing. Yeah, that is amazing. <laughs> that's a you have picture. You have evidence of like that's 
That's crazy. Because if you just bet short soul, like, okay, that's a cool, yeah, whatever. but you just said, I don't care who you take, but give me short soul. I'd believe my, this, my, I will never have a better take. Okay. Well, um, all, my first good call I have here is actually five good calls because Ooh. we, in our preview episodes, uh, going conference by conference or power conferences, at least we had to predict, uh, disappointing teams. Oh, I know and, one that I I'm, I was going to mention for you. Okay, well, I went all five of my teams that I picked went under their season win total. Ooh. So I had ACC. I, I chose Pitt. They went three and nine. Uh, yeah, three and a half games under their win total. Big Twelve. I chose Baylor. They went three and nine, four games under their win total. Uh, the Big Ten. I had Nebraska five and seven under Ooh. by one. Pac twelve. Utah. They went eight and five, which is a half a game under. But I would yeah. say it was a disappointing season for, yeah, for the was. injuries played a factor. But SEC, South Carolina, they went yep. five and seven, yep. one and a half games under their win total. So good. Well done. I know, I know the bad teams when I see them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you called that. Um, one that I had in a, I guess this is, this is just a, a reason for you guys to subscribe to the Patreon. We had a call your shot episode, which. Mm-hmm. was fun and i i said i had a take on dana holgerson i said he was going to get the boot at houston because you know i knew i knew he had signed the extension the year before where he had the 12 win season but then that following year last year or whatever he went seven and five and i don't know just to me obviously i just kind of felt like this isn't trending right and i knew that if they were going to go into the big 12 and if they had a down year like the boosters aren't going to want to mess around they want to be a player in the big 12 turns out he he did get the boot and went four and eight and my other part two of that was that i said cliff kingsbury was going to get the coaching job which you you brought up to me like when the job went went up he was actually the mm-hmm. the online favorite for about a week and then obviously now it went to willie fritz but i'll uh i'll take half a win on that almost a great call yeah in that episode i made a prediction that pat fitzgerald would be fired i said within the next two years and <laughs> or step down fired or step down and that he'd be replaced by dan mullen so i also you know didn't quite hit that for much different reasons though yeah true i did not see that coming <laughs> um let's see i was also i was high on louisville this off oh, season yeah. and our week one episode our first questionable finish i said all right this is our last chance we got to make a bold prediction before the season and mine was that uh louisville would make the acc title just because i was you knew they had an easy schedule and i just love jeff brom those were really my only two reasons that's that's pretty valid i um i had another this was kind of a series of uh, episodes about tcu um kind of mainly oh, yeah. in the pre- you you were very low season. on them i just i was so down on them i i said I had a quote of saying I, they're going to go six and six. Uh, they actually ended up going five and seven. Their win total was like seven and a half. Uh, so it, I just, I, and I, I said they'd be a disappointing team because everyone knew they weren't going to be like obviously national title good, but they were just so fortunate in those close games. They lose a guy like Max Duggan, lost Garrett Riley at offensive coordinator. They had very little returning production, and and with that, with Sonny Dykes, we were we we were listing kind of ranking Big Twelve coaches, and I even I was mentioning that I we, I was feeling a little bit better about him, 
but I was reluctant to be feeling so much better because so many people were having their li- the coaching lists and they'd put Sonny Dykes at like one or two in the Big 12 and top. Oh, yeah. uh, who like, would do that? Who would have? Well, put, I wouldn't have. No, I, I just I don't know. I, and I, I, I was in wait and see mode. And, you know, I, I ended up being right that this year he could still obviously turn it around. But yep. Okay. That yeah, that was good. And I do remember you uh even off pod, not not buying TCU at all. Um all right, so this was this was kind of a, a combo of all of us, but we did an episode where we predicted the twenty twenty four uh recruiting rankings, final recruiting rankings. Oh, yeah. And they're not done yet, but let's let's pretend like they are because it's close enough. Um so we we went eighteen deep. We kind of did a draft. Uh, among the three of us so as a group kind of came up with our top 18 and of the 18 teams we finished 17 did finish in the top 18 of the recruiting rankings wow and the only one that didn't was a and m they finished 19th so right there and then of the 10 teams we predicted predicted to finish in the top 10 nine did usc was the one that did not and and the, just the order in general uh, of course it wasn't perfect but it I think we did a really, really good job. Like, I think we would struggle to ever do that well again. Ryan had the best pick of the draft. He picked Auburn at seventh, and they finished eighth, which at the time was a little bit of like a, whoa, you're taking Auburn this high? Just because there were so many, like, great recruiting programs still left on the board. Yeah. So, but I, I, yeah, I didn't hate it, but uh, it was kind of bold, I think. We actually got a, a YouTube comment about how kind of crazy that was and how auburn was going to finish behind i think it was oklahoma or whatever and calling us dumb and as of right now auburn's ahead of them so good call ryan uh that is um this one i don't know how shocking this was but i was just talking about uh oregon would be disappointed with the pac-12 and a potential media deal i said they'll be in a new conference next year and I said, I couldn't tell you if it was the Big 12 or Big 10. And I said, maybe Washington comes with them. But I just didn't think Oregon would wait around and might make their own move. So as it turned out, obviously, Oregon and Washington to the Big 10. Okay. Let's see. Another good call I had. I thought that SP Plus, again, this is my, I didn't put it in very strong words, but I brought up multiple times this uh, narrative that, that SP Plus might be wrong on Kansas's offense. They were uh-huh. 30th. Um, in the preseason SP plus offense. And I said, you know, that the priors for Kansas maybe just shouldn't include those, those yeah. uh, pre Andy Kotelnicki and pre uh, Lance Leipold, Leipold yeah. offenses. Cause it's just, they, they've totally changed the culture and just the, their coaching is, is so much better. And they were, they were ninth the year before in, in offense and they were number one in returning production. So I just thought they were getting underrated and, as it turns out, they finished 17th in SP Plus offense and 10th in ESPN's adjusted efficiency. So, you know, I wish I was more more confident with that take. That was I was listening yeah, to that. Yeah. I was like, "Come on, Michael, just just say go for it." They're wrong. SP Plus is wrong. Yeah, Bill. <laughs> yeah, you're a moron. Um, disappoint. I had a disappointment in the ACC preview. You said Pitt, and that was one I was going to say. But my disappointment was North Carolina, and I would just to the fact that. You know they had lost a couple of their top receivers. Uh, Drake May couldn't do it himself, and I and I didn't trust Gene Chizik's defense. Um, mm-hmm. You know they just they were bad the year before, didn't have a good track record, and as it turns out, Gene Chizik ended up getting getting fired, and they ended up going. They actually won eight games, but it was under their win total. 
four and four in conference. And and in those eight games, they had two double overtime wins. So mm. they were just they weren't as good as they should have been. Yep. Um I have another one, a good call by you in the uh our quarterback battles episode. Ryan and I both thought Casey Thompson was gonna be Nebraska's quarterback. Uh, and you went with Jeff Sims. You were well, you were right at first. That's that's who they went with. Yeah, and I wish I was I wish it would have been I wish you guys were right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, can't have been worse. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um I've got okay, so I got one more and then one for all of us. Uh okay. so one was just at one of our upset specials. This was one of my best over the years. I had West Virginia getting thirteen and a half against ironically TCU wasn't in on TCU this year mm-hmm. but but they West Virginia pulled it off and Neil Brown kind of was helping save his job there all right and then, give, your, uh, give, your, give your all of us yeah all of us was we did a game day predictions Ooh. and you know overall thought we did pretty good um Ryan cost us on one <sighs> he, he, he I, I I said it on the episode but yeah he took Kansas State, Texas over LSU, Alabama. Ah. Ryan likes to go off the wall. I, I appreciate that about him, and that's he's more bold with us. But that one, I mean, it I, ended up, you know. So we got eight of them, and okay. oh, so and that one would have oh. made it nine. Wow! And and there were there, there's three that we would absolutely no one would have gotten: Colorado State, Colorado, um, Notre Dame, Duke. And then App State, James Madison. So like, yeah, there's no chance you were. So gonna, like, we, we were, wouldn't yeah. have gotten those. So I can live with if we would have been like, you know, nine and six or whatever. Three of those you're just not going to get. And then, and there and there's other weeks. There's just a lot of good games. But, but, uh, but no. My my point was on the predictions was we had a couple comments. One about about USC. They said you think College Game Day is not going to go see the reigning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams at USC not once this year. Bad show. <laughs> Bad. And then the other guy said, I don't know what y'all are smoking not picking USC in any of your game days. We didn't, and they didn't go to one. So, Oh, yeah. I remember reading those comments and being mad online about it, but now we're right. Yeah. Should we go back and comment? Let us know. Someone, yeah. Hey, someone listening to this, why don't you go back and comment? Then we can kind of take the high road. We don't, you know, we don't look bad. You just go back, find that YouTube episode, and comment on it. <laughs> I mean, there was obviously some... Actually, did I comment on it? USC, I don't think I did. I didn't. I don't think you did. You must okay. have held back. Yeah. But sorry, I just kicked a box. If you heard that, that was loud. <laughs> no, I didn't hear it. Got excited. <laughs> uh, okay. Bad calls. Oh, okay. This, 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 my, this might be one of my worst overall. Uh-oh. So we were previewing the Pac-12 and my disappointing team was Washington. Oh, <laughs> I uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I don't remember I, that. I did mention how much we love Kayla DeBoer and all that, but this was what I said. I said the way I'm looking at I said their offense will be good, but the way I'm looking at it is can it be any better? Like <laughs> it won't like Penix can't match those numbers, especially uh-huh. I said they're losing offensive linemen, top running backs, like they're just they're just isn't I'm not seeing a ton of progress on defense. I just I don't see the 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 success that they had and wow they 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 won up to me and then some. Okay, that's a good one. That's a bad one. Um, yeah. Well, so for me in our head coach rankings episode, 
we as a group had Mario Cristobal ahead of Mike Norvell. They and also in my personal rankings, I, I had that. I had Cristobal ahead. And I yeah. think most people would look at that as, as terrible now. Um, I will say we've done these rankings long enough to know and we've, you know, been on the receiving end of yeah yeah of uh commenters saying we're idiots only to be proven light a cup right a couple years later or of course off also it goes the opposite way where something looks great and then a few years later is bad but uh but yeah right now that's not looking good mike norvell would uh would get a 100 percent vote i think over cristobal yeah yeah but um, i will say i'm still gonna be Higher than you probably people bullish. like on Cristobal. Yeah, I am. I'm going to be bullish on Miami headed into next year. So, who did they just get? Uh, well, they uh, Cam Ward. Oh, did we? Right. Oh, wait, have we recorded since that happened? Oh, I don't. I think we did. I think we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, we did actually. Yeah, we, we did for yeah, sure. We did. Yeah, we got Cam Ward. Um, okay, so I I said disappointing team Washington in the Pac-12 preview. Well, in the SEC preview, my disappointing team was. Alabama. Uh, now, I did. I did mention with this that I, I knew that they were Alabama, close. They were close to being I, disappointing. That's the thing. So I, I mentioned like I knew with their talent, of course, they would still be good. But my disappointment was in terms of you know their expectations. Um, but I, I was calling out. I said they need the quarterback to play to to prove me wrong. Um, just because they lost, they lost Jameer Gibbs. Those some linemen didn't really. It wasn't in love with Tommy Reese. And I, I even said. Jalen Milrow and Simpson aren't lighting it up. So I, I said I, I was concerned how consistent, consistent the offense could be when they had to face teams like Tennessee, LSU, and Texas. Now, they ended up really turning around the second half and and beat me here. But you're right. The first half of the year, it looked like I might be right. But yeah. Okay. Uh, we were asked in a Patreon episode, a mailbag uh, by Rutgers Todd. He asked if Oregon and Washington will join the Big Ten. I'm guessing maybe that's when you gave your good answer mm. um and i my what i said is that i don't think it will happen anytime soon i i predicted that the pac-12 would sign their new tv deal and that things would calm down for a few years and Wish. uh that was not even close um <laughs> i did think it was inevitable that they would eventually go to the big 10 but it didn't, didn't see it like that soon yeah no because i just thought if they've they could they could have had them at any time, but they hadn't taken them yet. So I'm like, well, maybe they're going to wait. Yep. Uh, one of the takes I was wrong in the off season in multiple episodes was Texas A and M. I was I was buying into Bobby Petrino kind of running that offense, and I, I loved their defense. I, you know, I was talking about how they get Alabama at home. Their schedule set up well. Their their only tough first game in the first six weeks was at Miami, and they ended up losing that so um because i i talked myself into petrino so much and as it turned and i even said you know jimbo's still a decent decent offensive coach but as it turned out petrino did not get the full reins to that offense he even said it himself like he had to basically learn some of jimbo's offense so i really wish i wonder if i wonder if jimbo jimbo regrets that like i wonder if he just he should have just given him full control he just i don't know i i don't know i mean the offense I don't know if it would have helped get but, it got better but uh but not the yeah. jump that i foresaw and right but anyway all right well speaking of of coordinator hire there in our best coordinator hires episode i had the second pick and i chose phil longo from north carolina going to wisconsin and 
course, you know, it's only year one, so of course he could. He, he it's not like he had uh, a ton of talent there to to work with, but they were the 80th best offense in ESPN's adjusted efficiency, yeah. and that was worse than the year before. So after one year, it's so far been bad. Well, that means that our top two picks weren't good because I had the first pick and I said Garrett Riley of Clemson, offensive coordinator. And yeah. again, it's something I think part of this was Dabo's influence of maybe not giving the full reins to Garrett Riley. I don't know, but maybe also Garrett Riley was a benefactor of Sonny Dykes, you know? Yeah, so. exactly. Well, that's when with Garrett Riley, I, I probably. I may have taken him first if I was in your position there. But I will say, I went back to our top offensive minds episode, and I was scared of where Garrett Riley was going to be. Because I'm like, did we put him like fourth? Did we put him? Yeah, yeah, where yeah. We put him? And I was pleasantly surprised. We had him 12th or 13th or something, which maybe in hindsight, when you look at some of the other names, is, is a little too high. But it wasn't it wasn't as crazy as I thought. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, in hindsight, the, some of those coordinators, like, Tony White did incredible at Nebraska. Sean Lewis mm-hmm. did well at Colorado until the bizarre circumstance. Yeah. Uh, Mike Bobo, Tommy Reese, even you could argue the second half of the year, whatever. But all right. Uh, so I was also off on Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy. I predicted Ooh, that Oklahoma State's wheels would would fall off. Um, Oklahoma State might have a decision on Mike Gundy. But what if, of course, he go he overachieves, wins ten games, and has the leading rusher in the country? Like, unbelievable. No, yeah, I did not see that one coming. And I know we've said this many times on the podcast, but especially after that South Alabama game, I, I oh, would yeah. bet my life that <laughs> this was with the rest of the season. Win ten games, the way it did. yeah, right, yeah. Um, okay, in our SEC five year future rankings episode, which I like, um, we should do that some variation of that this off season or, or do it for other conferences. I don't know, or just do it for the sec again. That would be fun. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're ranking how good each team will be for the next five years. Mm-hmm. That was, that was the premise of the episode. We had Missouri 15th out of 16, Ouch. only ahead of Vanderbilt. Uh, so behind Mississippi state, Kentucky, Arkansas, South Carolina. And obviously I get why we did it at the time. Um, they had won five or six games for four straight seasons. Yeah. But I don't know. I think what in hindsight, of course, I guess I didn't consider enough the talent on the roster. Like if you look at their um, team talent composite, they were ahead of several of those, those teams that I, that I just listed. So, um, and it's not like, it's not like South Carolina and Arkansas were really in Mississippi state, of course, with going to a new coach, I don't know. It's it's a call that we could have we could have been higher on Missouri. There there was an opportunity, but we, we yeah. Didn't. No, and I still wouldn't. Even if we did, I wouldn't have put them high as high as I would at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they ended up having a crazy good year. Yeah. Um. All right. I was not high on Jalen Milrow. Um. I just wasn't. I picked. I picked Ty Simpson. We did quarterback battle episode, and I picked Ty Simpson to to be the long term starter. You know, I acknowledged that uh, it was kind of close in my eyes, but I just I didn't think that. I thought he Milro turned it over too much, uh, more just to you know run first. But he ended up being a stud in the second half of the year. So props to him. Yeah, I think I I think I was betting on Ty Simpson as well. Um, 
conference championship weekend, I made my lock of the weekend. Oregon, I think oh. it was minus nine, something like yeah. that, uh, over Washington in the Pac-12 title. <laughs> Not even close. Never had a chance. Um, I was a I was a Washington doubter, and it uh, it bit me there. It bit me in the semifinal game when I picked Texas uh, against the spread. Finally, I, I just figured if I keep picking against them, eventually I'll be right. And so the national <laughs> title worked out, but I don't get much yeah. credit for that. Um, see, now we're in these, these, the last couple I have, it's like, we're not, I need to be a little bit more, more bold next year. Ryan, yeah. Ryan had some more, probably some more bold ones, but, but Brent Pry, uh, we were evaluating kind of the first year coaches after their first year. And uh, I mentioned how I was feeling worse on him. I really painted a grim picture on how the Hokies kind of regressed in his first year. The offense looked bad, and I didn't really like that uh, Drones was kind of some weak competition for Grant Wells at the quarterback battle or quarterback position. Turns out uh, Drones was very productive this year. Ended up leading. They had a, a seven-win season. Um, you know, as a, as a podcast, we had Brent Pry last in the ACC, but he. Uh, I'm not like. I don't think Virginia Tech's to the moon, but they're much better no, than I thought they'd be. Yeah, that's they needed something. It, it did seem like they were just cratering, and and there was not much hope for the future. But uh, I guess that was an overreaction to the early uh, Brent Pry tenure. But now they're yeah they're on the up and up, so it's good for Virginia Tech. Uh, I said nothing else wrong, so I don't know if you have any. Uh, well, the only the last bad. one I've got was as a group we ranked Neil Brown last in the Big Twelve for ah, the Big yeah. Twelve coaches. But I mean, he was the hottest seat, arguably. So yeah, and, in and the I Big think 12. I bet I, I didn't listen to that part of the episode, but I would imagine if if I was talking about it or any of us really, it's like I don't. I never thought Neil Brown was a bad coach. It's yeah, just, no, we were never like this guy can't do it, but it was the his. You know, the writing was on the wall. <laughs> yeah, and it just wasn't working out at the Power 5 level at the time. Well, and also, who like who was 13th? Who was 12th? Do you remember? I think 13th was Holgerson, I want to say. Um, okay. And then I would have... I can't remember. Which makes go. sense. I mean, he was more... Success, at the time, he'd been more successful at West Virginia than uh, than Brown, and he had at least some success at Houston. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, we were... Uh, Neil Brown is going to make a jump for sure. I'm really looking forward to our head coach rankings for this offseason, uh, where certain guys fall, especially Kalen DeBoer, of course. Oh, so we had, we had, I mean, it, it isn't that ridiculous, actually. You know, I Daniel know, Holden, I, Scott Satterfield, Sataki, Venables, Malzahn, and Dave Aranda. Okay. Like, Dave Aranda. I mean, it would have been very bold to have him like last, but yeah, 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 yeah. But so. I think he could he could definitely jump. He could jump a few of those guys. That's oh, for like, sure. I've, I've I, never been super high on Sataki. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I just no, I, I I agree with you there. But yeah, you know, yeah, he'll definitely jump. But uh, but yeah, no, the coach rankings. We yeah, those can we, shift year to year. Yeah, and the thing is with it, what is. Well, just this whole Harbaugh thing has me thinking about these past coach rankings episodes because I remember you and I, Trey, were held on to Harbaugh longer yeah, yeah. than Ryan because it was the Harbaugh versus Day. And we held on a little bit and, and had Harbaugh ahead of Day. Eventually, we caved because the results. Yeah, eventually, right. I think. But, uh, and we got called crazy, right? Because like, oh, Day's beat him. 
you know yeah whatever or or whatever you know or harbaugh's lost Ohio state x amount of times how can you have him ahead of day but uh those and again we're we're wrong on plenty of things as you've seen in this episode but but yeah what i've learned with it doing these rankings you learn that um they can be very it's it's so volatile like yeah you can think this guy is definitely ahead of that guy like how could you have you know how could you put in a different order and then two years later it's completely flipped like so so you, it gives you some humility moving forward when you're making your rankings like okay if i it's hard to call someone else's list dumb when you know what can change in, in yeah a, college football changes so fast now it's not like it's not like your guy's gonna fall from like first to second to third to six it's like if they have a bad year they might only have a year left like it can change yeah. so quick and that's why it's but it's also so that makes me it's also okay to move a guy i think a lot of spots because these coaches are all closer maybe than we give it credit for right so like a guy j- dropping from fifth to 15th you may think oh are you overreacting it's like well it's not really that big of a fall right it's like even just a mediocre year can can drop you there but anyway it's a weird balancing act to not overreact but also sometimes you you got to react so i don't know it's it's late and i'm probably not making sense but well, i can already what do you like off the cuff mike yeah. norvell or dabo <laughs> uh i would go dabo i would go dabo i think what about you that's a good i i kind of back myself into a corner here i well, let's just put it this way. I, I have to think about it now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah, you, I mean, I guess you would think Dabo, but you know, last year I would have never entertained the thought. So we're, right. we're trending that way. Yeah. But it's gonna be, there's going to be decisions like that. that. That's just one example. But No, I, I'm glad you asked that. Okay, how about this? Uh, I want to throw out a couple of these. Oh, and, boy. And, you know, we reserve the right to change. We're not, we're not locked yeah, into these because yeah. we haven't thought about it. How about Kalen DeBoer? Well, we've... Kalen DeBoer or Lincoln Riley? Oh dear! But so, so you're going like <laughs> cross conference? Okay. Yeah, um, I'm just throwing out. I don't know. Hmm. Well, so this again. Okay. So then this comes into the dilemma with our rankings. Is like, are you weighing some of their situation or their coach? Like, like I, I think. Uh, mm, man, that's a good question. <laughs> if I'm just thinking, like, if I put DeBoer on USC. Yeah. But Lincoln Riley has done like, boy, I'll give, I'm like 5149 Lincoln Riley right now. Okay. okay. I think <laughs> I'd have to really yeah. look at that. That's a good one. No. Okay. So that'll be a what tough one. I, w- I would still go Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Um, he had it because he there was so a long, long at, run at, at OU. Um, so yeah, it, like one year, one year going eight and five, like is it's not, uh, yeah, and he's addressing the the issue with the defense. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's of course reasonable to put DeBoer ahead. But I yeah. here's the thing, though. I know if I put Lincoln Riley ahead of Kalen DeBoer, we're oh, gonna get those comments will. like, "How in the hell can you put DeBoer yeah, just took Washington the national title?" And which is yeah. a reasonable take. Like it's it's reasonable to put him ahead. Yeah, but, yeah. But it's also but not it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's way. it's overconfident to to say that DeBoer is absolutely better than Lincoln Riley. I yeah. think at least. Um. No, okay. How about bold, Michael? What's that? You got to be bold. We we just okay. Talk. I'll try. I'll try. No, I'm just kidding. Well, okay. Give me another one. Give me you want. Give me one. Um. Okay. 
Hmm. Let's go. Uh, trying to think of Big Ten now. I'm trying to think of someone I can compare. Okay, so Dan Lanning. Ooh, he's a tough one. Cause I'm, okay, yeah. I know. All right, Dan like Lanning, and I don't know. Is it crazy to say James Franklin? I don't think it's. I don't think people will think that's crazy. No, no. I know. I, I think that is not crazy. Um, for me, I'm going James Franklin. I'm, but I'm. I've. I feel about James Franklin the way I've always felt about Jim Harbaugh. I think it's. It's just yeah. BS that everyone says he's overrated, overrated, overrated until Harbaugh wins the national championship. And with James Franklin, overrated, 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 and it's like because he goes ten and two every year. He wins eleven yeah. games. You know, every other year at at Penn State. It's like yeah, he's not been as good as. Ohio State and at times Michigan, but he, the Vanderbilt, you always got to bring up Vanderbilt, the yeah. miracle he performed there, and then still doing a very good job at uh, at Penn State and a, over a longer tenure. You know, he's he's shuffled through coordinators and continued to be mostly, of course, he's had down year or two, but he's been mostly very, very successful. And whereas Dan Lanning, I like no, the, the problem. Blood. The tough one is I'm so bullish on Oregon right now. I'm so bullish on Lanning. Yeah. Just the matchup there and the fact that he has the backing of Phil Knight and and the NIL. It's just that combo is lethal because Lanning is a is a committed recruiter. So um Yeah, but you but I guess if you look at it too like James Franklin with that those weapons at his disposal, he might be as good or probably better. Do pretty so, well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're gonna have some interesting. Uh, well, okay, tomorrow. I'll just fire right back. Landing okay. or Lincoln Riley? Okay, I'm that one. I don't have to think about as much. I'm saying Lincoln Riley. Okay, I would too, but I, I don't. I think we're maybe in a minority there. Yeah, maybe. I had a tougher time with DeBoer there, but yeah, DeBoer or Landing? I'm still DeBoer. Same. Yeah, it's just because it's it's too short of a track record with with landing. Even though I'm so optimistic about him, I, yeah, I just, of course, I have to temper you know my enthusiasm. Yeah, and we're gonna have some interesting calls just kind of on the bottom end. We talk about a lot about the top guys, but just kind of how down are we on some coaches? Yeah, but. you are a bottom. That's that's true. You've always yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for checking out this episode of the College Football Bros. Uh, we will be back next week. I don't even know. We don't know what we're going to talk about. It's the off season though, so yeah. we can get a little more creative here. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.